1: Sometimes we cry out to the Father in joy. Sometimes we cry out to the Father in anguish, but the key is cry out to the Father.
0: What are you going through today? Is it challenging? Are you at the end of your rope? Today, Pastor Greg Laurie urges you to bring it to God.
1: Am I talking to someone here who just heard bad news? Or am I talking to somebody else here who's heard good news? Whatever it is, your response should be, Abba, father this is the devil
0: Helplines available for times of crisis. For instance, there's Lifeline for those with thoughts of suicide, or sometimes there's personal help available through your church. But today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we can't forget the help available from the Lord directly. David cried out to God, Samuel cried out to God, Moses cried out to God, as did all of Israel. Today, how to cry out ourselves, and how to take our pain directly to the Lord's throne. The day, the
1: day how many of you are runners? You love to get out and run. Raise your hand up. Not a lot of runners. Seriously, no. Wait, I. None of you. How many of you like to run? Anybody like? Okay, oh, a few of you. All right. How many of you like to eat donuts? Raise your hand. I'll okay, get Now I understand. Everything makes sense. By the way, I am with you a little bit there. Um, (laughs) I don't know about you, but I don't, I hate running. I will just tell you that straight up. I don't like to go to the gym at all, but I do. And the reason I do is because, well, I need to. It helps me. It strengthens me to do what I need to do. But now, you know, I don't do the same things I did when I was younger. Now they have exercises where you stand up and sit down. And say, you know, stay mobile, right? Uh, but now seriously though, the thing is, is, is I've realized if, if you don't do this, you're gonna pay for it later. You've heard the expression, no pain, no gain. In a way, it, God has a gym, if you will. And in his gym, he breaks things down to build them up. You break muscle down to build muscle up. So I'll often go to the gym. I'll make up every excuse as to why I don't want to go there. But after I'm done, I'm glad I went because of the results. And the same is true in the Christian life. There are times when we go through trials and suffering and we don't like it one bit. We go into it kicking and screaming, saying, Lord, no, not again. I don't want this. But afterwards... Afterwards, we see the results. Hebrews 12, 11, from a modern translation says, at the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. You know, there is pleasure that can come as a result of pain. There's not a lot of pleasure in pain, of course, Now I think a good illustration of this is uh, when a woman gives birth. And I know nothing about this. But uh, for you ladies who have done this, you moms out there, you know that there can be pleasure mixed with pain. There's the pain, of course, of childbirth, but there's a pleasure of bringing a new life into the world. And so the same is true for us. God will allow us to go through times of pain to bring forth something far greater. But here's what we need to remember. We are loved by God. God. God loves you as much as he loves his own beloved son because Jesus said in John 17, 23 in his prayer to the Father, Father, my prayer is that the world may know that you've sent me and that you've loved them as much as you love me. Wow, that's incredible. You're loved by God. And because you're loved by God, he fills you with the Holy Spirit as one of his children. Bringing me to my first point, Spirit-filled people are spiritually-minded people. And I think we get really confused when we use the word spirit-filled. Sometimes Christians will say to other Christians, are you spirit-filled? Uh, what do you mean by that? You know, spirit-filled. Well, every Christian in a technical sense is spirit-filled, Having said that, every Christian should also be constantly asking the Lord to fill them, refill them, and fill them again. But sometimes people do weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit. You know, you'll be talking to them and they'll say, well, you know, I was just what was that? Oh, it was the Holy Spirit, it's okay. What, what, what? Or they'll take a strange uh, intonation in the way they speak and they'll say, you know, I wanted to just say unto thee, just, what are you doing? It's the Holy Spirit. No, it is. You're just being weird. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. I think we overly mystify the work of the Spirit and misunderstand it as a result. To be Spirit-filled in a technical, biblical sense means to be Spirit-controlled. And if you're Spirit-controlled, you want to walk in the Spirit. If you're Spirit-controlled, you want to obey the Spirit. If you're Spirit-controlled, you want to think about the things that the Holy Spirit wants you to think about. What are those things? They're identified for us right here in Romans chapter 8. But here's what we want to put our focus on right now. There's a lot of things that God has done for us that are revealed in this amazing chapter. And there's four great freedoms that God has given to us. And I want to identify them for you. Number one, there's freedom from judgment. Freedom from judgment. Because Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. After we sin, sometimes we beat ourselves up. It's our way of sort of paying penance for the wrongs we've done. But You don't need to pay your penance. You don't need to atone for your sin. Your sin has already been atoned for at the cross of Calvary. And it's been paid for by Jesus Christ. So when you've sinned, and you ask God to forgive you of your sin, He forgives you of your sin, and there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It's freedom from judgment.
0: You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. We're exploring the blessings and benefits of being spiritually minded people today. Pastor Greg is presenting a message called The Pleasure in Pain. Let's continue now.
1: Number two, there's freedom from defeat. There's no obligation to serve sin as your master. Look at Romans 8.12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature tells you to do. See, before we were Christians, Satan had us on a choke chain. And we pretty much did what he wanted us to do. Do you know what a choke chain is? Put them on dogs. They're very tight. You pull on it. Yeah. The dog will pretty much do what you want when you pull on that choke chain. Far more than a leash, by the way. If you really want to train a dog, a choke chain is pretty effective. A while ago, I, I decided I wanted to maybe get a new dog. Now, I've had a couple of German shepherds uh, over the years, and I was thinking of maybe a German shepherd, but there's a guy in our church that trains dogs. Some of them are trained for the police, and he's had this really cool dog. It was an adult, it was trained already. Uh, but this is a kind of dog I'd never seen before. It's called a Malinois. You know what a Malinois is? A Malinois is like a German shepherd that's been working out at the gym. Okay, they're just like. <laughs> It's a German Shepherd on steroids. It's like next level of German Shepherd. They're used a lot by police. They're even used by the SEAL team. So he brings this very uh, trained dog with a lot of energy to me. And, and I said, wow, that, I don't know. That might be too much dog for me. I said, this is kind of a weird uh, request. But can I keep the dog overnight and just kind of take it for a test drive? He says, Absolutely. So he brings the dog over in its kennel and he shows me the commands, you know, for the dog that are in German or something like that. And, and you know, and here's how you, run, you know control the dog and here's the choke chain. You pull on this chain and, okay, so I've got it all down. And so I take the dog out for a walk. And, and so the dog, it's doing its business, right? And so I'm looking at it and then I pull my phone out and I'm checking something and I look back and the dog is gone. The, the switched on German Shepherd on steroids is gone. <laughs> and it's not on the choke chain, it's running full speed toward another dog, and so I'm like running as fast as I can. I feel like I'm running in slow motion, you know, just, because this dog is so fast, by the time I get there, it's a full dog fight going on. <laughs> so I grab the malinois a headlock, I grab the top of his jaw with my left hand, the bottom of his jaw with my right hand, and I push his mouth shut, and I grab the choke chain, pull it around his neck, take him back home, pick up the phone. I called the guy back and I said, you can come pick your dog up. (laughs) I said, this is too much dog for me. I need a station wagon, not a Ferrari. Okay. (laughs) Then I asked him, do you have any Labradoodles? (laughs) I really didn't. But uh, how many of you have a Labradoodle? I don't know if really a person should have a dog with the name Doodle in it. Okay. It's, (laughs) it's bad enough to be a poodle, but a Doodle? A Labradoodle, right? Uh, This is uh, a whole new thing with all these dogs they're breeding now. And there's variations on it. I actually looked it up. I was curious. Are there other doodles? Yes, you can breed a miniature schnauzer and a miniature poodle. This actually happens and they call them schnoodles. (laughs) And then you can actually breed a Wheaten Terrier and a poodle and it's called a woodle. Let me just say, if you have a woodle, you'd be better off having a cat. There I said it. It's just true. Come on. No oodles. I have to admit this to you. I know you all think I hate cats. But actually, I kind of have a cat now. I do. I sort of have a cat. Uh, Let me explain. He's not actually my technical cat, but he comes to my house pretty much every day because I give him milk. And uh, then he sits in my chair. Sometimes he walks in my house. So it's like, here's my cat. <laughs> I'd take him over and noodle any day of the week. He's kind of cool. I like him. He'll let me pet him sometimes. And then cats are so weird. You'll be petting him. Everything's cool. And all of a sudden they're just like, <laughs> they're gone. Like, what, what happened? What's going on in the cat brain, you know? Off he goes. I'll see him the next day when he wants more milk. And he's very picky we had some coconut milk. I didn't buy it, but it was in my fridge, so I gave it to him. He wouldn't drink the coconut milk. It's like, are you serious? You think I'm drinking that? Give that to the oodle, okay? The oodle or the woodle or the poodle—they'll drink that stuff all day long. Not me. So anyway, I digress. I have no idea what I'm even talking about anymore. Choke chains. That's where we started. So now this dog, this malinois, went to a new owner that loves the dog and trains the dog. He doesn't even need a choke chain. He just tells the dog what to do. The dog does The dog just looks up at him. I'll walk over to the dog sometimes and say, hi, remember me? I was your master for one day. He's like, yeah, right. You're such a loser. Looking back up at his mouth, what master, master? What, what, what master? He loves his master so much he doesn't even need a choke chain. And that's our relationship with God. We follow Him because we want to, not because we have to. Satan had us on the choke chain. We follow the Lord out of desire. And that's what Christ has done for each of us. We're not forced by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. By the way, first service, they clap for that. I don't know what your problem is. Okay, no, no, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late, oodle people. I know some of you are traumatized by the cat revelation. <laughs> I have to own it. It's true. Here's another point. We have access to God. Romans 8.15. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You have received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And of children then heirs, underline the word heirs, Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I love the fact that Paul tells us that we can say Abba, Father. This has no reference to the band Abba. No dancing queen here. Abba is the Hebrew version of Daddy or Papa. If you go to Israel today, you'll even see small little children saying to their father Abba, and they'll call their mother Ima, So, But it's an affectionate word. It's not like father. It's more like daddy. And there's an intimacy implied there. Uh, You know, so it's a relationship, a special relationship a parent has with their children, and I might add their grandchildren. Uh, You know, when your child calls you, you hear it. They'll say daddy or papa or mommy or mama and you'll respond because that's your child. Same is true, as I said, for your grandchildren. This is the kind of relationship we have with God. We can call out to Him. Sometimes it's a a cry of delight. Papa, look what I found. Look what I did. Look what I drew. And you need to pay attention and show your delight. And sometimes it's a cry of pain. Help, Abba, Father, I'm in trouble. Jesus did this very thing in the Garden of Gethsemane. Over in Matthew 14, we read that he came to this olive grove called Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And then we read he was deeply troubled and distressed. And he said, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little distance from them and he prayed these words. Abba, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So sometimes we cry out to the Father in joy. Sometimes we cry out to the Father in anguish, but the key is cry out to the Father. Am I talking to someone here who just heard bad news? Whose soul is crushed with grief? Or am I talking to somebody else here who's heard good news? Whatever it is, your response should be Abba, Father. And notice here, he tells us that we are not only adopted, not only can we say Abba, Father, but we are heirs. Look at verse 16 of Romans 8 the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We're children of God and of children, then heirs. And heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. In ancient times, The firstborn son was the heir. He would get the lion's share of the estate more than the second and third born and so forth. So what the Bible is saying is you are not only a child of God, you are an heir. You are in a firstborn son position relationally with God. This is a very special thing that God has done for each of us. And then we read in verse 16, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Here's the amazing thing. To me, my relationship with God feels like I'm the only one He's doing this with. Have you ever felt as though you were God's favorite child? (laughs) And and you know, this is amazing. Many of us feel this way. And it's because you are well, wait a second, how can he have us all as a favorite child? Because he's God and he can do that. You know, we wonder when we're kids who grow up, you know, was I mom or dad's favorite? I'll even hear adult siblings arguing about that. I was dad's favorite. No, I was dad's favorite. You're all God's favorite. And he works among us individually and it seems as though we're the only one he's doing this with, but at the same time he's working with us corporately and we're all loved by God. God. This is an incredible thing that He does for each of us.
0: Such encouraging perspective today from Pastor Greg Laurie. We're loved by God, we're ears of God. And next time on A New Beginning, join us for more insight for spirit-led believers and how the Lord equips us and walks with us through the pain and heartache of life. This is the day, the day when life Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Pleasure in Pain.